Well, good evening, everyone over there on social media land, and welcome to Hope International Ministries Bread of Life. This is Pastor Mary Mowry, the senior pastor, and we just want to welcome you on our Facebook channel. We like to welcome those that are on our YouTube channel, and of course, we welcome those that are on our conference line on tonight. Uh, those of you that are joining us and are tuning in, please be aware on tonight that you will not see uh, the individual uh, teaching on tonight. Neither will you see me, but you will hear us on tonight. Amen. So on tonight, we want to um, relinquish uh, our time and uh, also the study to our own prophetess, uh, Yamiko Palmer. Uh, she is uh, one of our uh, ministers at Hope International Ministries. And so she will be bringing um, the word on this evening. So I pray that you would open up your hearts, uh, get your pens, get your uh, pad and get your word. Amen. Get your word and follow along or write down those scriptures so that you can go back and um, go over what has been taught on tonight. Amen. So she's already on. And so I'm just going to uh, hand it over to you, Prophet Shemiko, um, right now. God bless. Thank you, Pastor. Um, so glad to be with everyone tonight. Um, we are believing God to speak to our hearts and our minds. So I'm just going to open up with a prayer. Lord, we just thank you right now for who you are, oh God. Lord God, we just open our hearts to you, Father. Open our minds, oh God. Lord, give us understanding of your word, Father. Let it transform us, O oh God. Let us not be hearers, but doers also, Father, that your word will become wisdom to us and not just knowledge, O oh God. Lord God, we are we are open. <laughs> Lord, we want to be open to you, Father. So we just thank you in advance for what you are about to do. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. So tonight, I want to talk to um, everyone tonight about keeping your oil. Um, I was recently uh, looking at something online my daughter had sent me, and it kind of disturbed me um, because the person that was talking was kind of questioning the Lord in his um, in in what. The word was saying, he was kind of like, well, God, you know, why couldn't you do it this way? And this was a, a, a pastor of a church, basically. And, and, I, and at first I thought, well, maybe he's just, you know, trying to give a little, you know, sometimes we're creative and we're being creative. Uh, but no, he was like kind of questioning God as if to say, you know, well, Lord, why couldn't you have done it this way? Well, I just don't know, you know, and um, it, it bothered me. Um, to the place that I really had to stop and, and, and talk to the Lord and say, Father, you know, like, what is going on? <laughs> and the Lord basically was letting me know, talk, we were talking, well, talking to cards this morning with him, and he was like, keep your oil. And um, he took me to uh, Matthew 25, and that's where we're going to be reading from tonight, Matthew 25. 1 through 13, I'm sure there's a passage of scripture that we have all heard before, talking about the five wise and the five foolish virgins. And I'm going to start reading. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. 
I want you to uh, remember that they went forth to meet the bridegroom because he is the focus. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answer saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So we know that this is one of the parables that Jesus was speaking and giving um, giving notation that this was likened unto the kingdom of God, right? And one of the things that really stood out to me, there are a couple of points. The first thing I want to bring out tonight is that everybody that went for virgin. So if everybody's a virgin, that must mean that everyone was pure at some in some sense, right? Because virgins are known to be pure, they are untouched. Um, however, the Lord says that there were five wise and five foolish. And one of the things that I want to bring out is about foolish. What is that? Foolish biblically means you are void of understanding or sound judgment. You kind of do things on the fly. Like you're 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 in your you're not spiritually deserved, right? And, and I can give backup scripture for so First Corinthians. Now we're going to stay in Matthew, but I just want to give a backup. You can write this down. First Corinthians two and fourteen says, "The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, which means foolish to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned." Now. One of the things that I want to talk about tonight is first focus, right? And this is what I do believe. I believe that the enemy wants to rock us to sleep, so to speak, keep us unfocused, 
so that we continue in these cycles where we are pouring out our oil, right? Hoping that when Jesus returns, it will be a moment when we are empty, when we need to keep, when we really need to keep the oil of our anointing fresh and our vessel full. And so one of the things that was in the beginning were the thought of, he said that they had their lamp, the, the wives, the virgins took their lamp and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now the focus should have been the bridegroom. And I want to ask, does anybody ever notice that when you are focused on what you are supposed to be focused on, everything else seems to fall in place? But when you're focused on things that, let, let's take this for instance, like when we focus on our, our problems, or we focus on the situation, or we focus on the circumstances, whether that be financial, our family, children, whatever the situation is, it just becomes, it seems to get bigger and bigger, like you can't control it. But when we release it, right, and give it to God and, and begin to put our focus on him and what he has said, you begin to feel less of that anxiety, less of that pressure, less of those things that are trying to weigh you down. And things seem to start aligning themselves for us, right? Because focusing really is, definition-wise, a person adapting their eyes to the level of light that is coming in and becoming able to see clearly. And we know that Jesus is the light, right? So I believe sometimes what happens to us in, in, in our keeping of our oil is that we can get used to looking at things through a dim light, right? And when you're looking at something through a dim light, you don't necessarily see everything that's in the room. However, when a brighter light is turned on, your eyes have to adjust, and then your vision becomes clearer as to what is going on around you. And I really believe that in this hour that we are living in, the Lord is basically letting us know that we need to turn up our light. <laughs> like, we, you know, we have those light switches with the dimmers. It's like you can turn it down a little bit, the light goes a little lower, and, you know, it's like move setting. The Lord is like, turn the switch all the way up. We really need to get into a place where our oil, meaning the spirit of God on the inside of us, is at its peak, right? Because for some, in some things, I think that in the world, we are beginning to, and this is the church, we are beginning to compromise, right? And it's muddying up our oil. Um. The Bible says that we are to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto us. So first of all, I think one of the problems with the foolish wives, with the foolish um, virgins is that their focus wasn't God. And sometimes 
instead of being focused on the bridegroom, we can think that the bridegroom is focused on us. And when you think that someone is focused on you, you don't put in as much effort as if you're focused on them. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that the Bible says that the foolish took their lamp and took no oil with them. Now, again, remember that we said that both virgins, both, both the foolish and the wise were both virgins. So they were both pure. So we could even say that they both had accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So they were both, they're on the same level playing field, both 10 virgins, right? Five wise and five foolish. And this is the thing that I would like to bring out. Could it be that because they were foolish and we already noted that foolishness means that they didn't have understanding, right? They don't really know why they're doing what they're doing. Could it be that because you saw the other five bringing lamp, you wanted to bring the lamp too? And sometimes what happens is, is that if we are not careful, we can get caught doing things because we see other people doing things, but we don't have understanding as to why we are doing it. So you kind of put yourself behind the eight ball, so to speak, because you are doing what is necessary, right? Because they needed light. They needed their lamps to see because apparently it, 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 it is a, um, implying that it was dark and it wasn't daylight, so they needed lamps to see. But do you understand why you're bringing the lamp and what it is necessary to keep the lamp burning? Because oil is representative of the presence and influence of the Holy Spirit is a symbol of purity. And in Leviticus 24 and 2, the Lord commanded the children of Israel to use pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually, right? So that the lamps would not go out. And this is another point that I would like to bring to our attention. And in that, the virgin, everyone had lamps, everyone had oil. The wise brought vessels filled with oil, but it does not say that their lamps went out. So if we are operating with the same oil, and my lamp didn't go out, your lamp shouldn't have went out either. So that causes me to think, what type of oil were you using? Was the oil pure, right? Because now when we think about oil, and he's talking about olive oil, this is what the Lord commanded them. 
when you think about albums being put in the bin and being crushed, there are impurities in that, right? Because you have leaves, you have debris, you have maybe some twigs, you got some stick, you got this and that. So as it's being crushed, there are some impurities that may be coming out in the oil. So now the oil has to be refined. It has to be strained. It has to be put in a, a, a place to be uh, to catch the impurities that may still be resonating in there. It may need to be heated up to bring impurities to the surface, which we know that it does. And then you skim those things off, and you got to strain it again, right? And that is representative of us, how God at times has to crush us, right? How we, ha how we go through things to produce the oil of God in us, go through situations, go through circumstances, whatever that may be. You know, the crushing doesn't always have to be something brutal. It could be you coming out of agreement with you. Hallelujah. Because sometimes we struggle in our own minds when God is showing us something that is contrary to what we have been taught or believed to be so, we can struggle in our own thought processes to say, oh, wow, I don't, Lord, I don't know. Like, you know, like I said, the preacher that was, you know, uh, basically, um, <laughs> basically questioning the Lord as if to say, well, God, this is complicated. And one of the things that he was talking about was the, the sanctity of marriage, basically, how God said marriage is between a man and a woman. And he was saying, but Lord, this is complicated because, you know, you may have, you know, there, there may, isn't there anywhere in between? And it disturbed me because there is no in-between with God. <laughs> like, we make it complicated, but the Lord is very simplistic in what it says. However, because we live in a country that allows it, and, and a lot of times people are trying to, to please people, we begin to waver or compromise on what we believe God is saying. But the bottom line is, is that what God says is what he says. And he makes no apologies. Now, we, as believers, as sons and daughters of God, right, have to come into agreement with what God is saying. Even if it says that I got to come out of agreement with my own self. Now, I will be perfectly honest with you. There are many times where the Lord has said something to me about me. And I have had to stop and say, well, Lord, is that me? And first of all, if he's showing you, you, it's you. Hallelujah. Sometimes we be acting like we don't know who we are, but we know. And then I had to, it's almost like sometimes you can wrestle with yourself, right? And you'll be like, well, Lord, but at this point in, in our walk 
whether we are new or seasoned or growing into a place of seed, wherever you are, this is the thing. God processes us all. He knows us all individually. Nobody is like anybody else. But the standard of the Lord is the standard of the Lord. He don't take down his standard because you came in yesterday and I've been here for 50 years. The standard is the same. And we know this by the challenge. And he went out when the, when the uh, farmer went out to get people to work and they said, well, we'll work for a penny. And some worked all day long. Excuse me, challenge. Some worked all day long. And then some came in on the end and got the same pay. And some were like, what do you mean? You want to pay them? We've been here all day. doesn't matter how long you've been here. The standard is the same. And so in saying that, when we understand that the bridegroom is the focus and our oil needs to be at a place of purification to where it can burn continually, right? And that we cannot use other oil. You can't burn strange fire before the Lord and he accept that. You cannot. If you think that you can, you can go back to the priest who came into the temple and burned strange fire, and the Lord took them all out and told Aaron to remove them from the temple and not to shed a tear. So we have to know, right, that our oil is precious. Because it is representative of our experience, our relationship, and our knowledge and influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we just can't go about pouring our stuff everywhere, right? Because then you begin to waste your oil. And I do believe that the enemy will have us focus on all of these different things that have nothing to do with what God is calling us to or calling us for so that we will begin to spin our wheels and begin to muck up because you kind of get in a place to where when the word of God says that you sleep, right? And you slumber. Well, I looked, I looked that up. And it says sleep is the primary state of rest, whereas to slumber is a state of rest where your mind is not even going. Like while you're sleeping, you can be dreaming. But when you get into slumber, you just dead, knocked out sleep. Ain't nothing going on, right? So I do believe that at times, we can get into these places to where we are sleeping and our minds are still going, but it's, but coming into a place of rest is coming into a place of rest with God. 
where where even while we are in a place of relaxation, let's say, our spirit is still alert. So when the cry was made and the and the virgins arose, and this was at midnight. And you know midnight is the darkest hour, right? So when they arose after the cry was made at midnight, they trimmed their lamps. And to trim your lamp means that you cut the wick, like you can either turn it up or turn it down, but it regulates the light that it's giving off. And again, the foolish with no understanding. And I really believe that they were just following the wise. At this point, I'm like, Lord, they had to be just following the wise. Because you have to know that no matter how much you trim your lamp, if you ain't got no oil, ain't no light coming. If you have no oil, you can trim your wick until there is no, there, the wick is beautiful and, and wonderfully made. But it, there is no light coming from that. So this, when I was reading it and thinking, I'm like, Lord, they had to just be doing status quo, right? And you have some people who will attach themselves to you because you got the oil. Hallelujah, Jesus. And because you have the oil, they start to do what you do. But you have to know that that can only last for so long because there is no vessel with the refill. You understand what I'm saying? I hope that you get what I'm saying tonight. Like I, I, I really, I really wanted to do this like energetic thing, but the Lord was like, "We're not doing energetic tonight." We are going to get this across because I really believe that we are in a critical hour where the oil of God that he has given us, we cannot waste it on things that he is not calling us to. And we even have to be discerning about who is attaching themselves to us because some people are oily, but it's not with olive oil. If you got vegetable oil, you got canola oil, you got sunflower seed oil out here, you got all these oils that burn real quick. And every time it burn up, here you come, well, can you give me some of your oil? But my oil costs me something. And when you understand the preciousness of what God has given you in your relationship, in your walk with him, I think that we become a little more discretionary about who we allow our oil to be around. So I say that to say, I hope this is a blessing to somebody because it blessed me today. It really did. Like the Lord, he, he corrected me on some stuff. Um, because 
one of the things that um that really blessed me was understanding that our oil can get tainted and how the foolish when the wise were like no go get your own oil right you have to understand now this was at midnight this is at a time in the dark this is dark so you're going to get oil with no lamp in the dark you are fumbling around in the dark while we are making our way to the bridegroom understanding that even as we're making our way there may still there may be there may come a delay but we got this extra oil right that we cannot give out because we got to make sure that we are in the position that we need to be in and so what happened was when the virgins the five wives got to the bridegroom and he came while the others were groping around in the dark trying to get oil once they got the oil because you're a little bit behind right they get to the, the marriage and the door is shut and then they say lord lord open to us but he answered and said verily verily i say unto you i know you not and this thing really bothered me today because i'm like lord but now they were virgins too and i'm assuming that because it was five of them and five of the the wise ones that you gave them all grace i'm assuming so lord why do you say that you don't know and you know what the lord said to me he said well if you abide in me i said i will abide in you And then I was like, well, so he said, well, how can I know you if I don't abide in you? I, let me tell you, I was on my way to a doctor's appointment. I was in the parking lot and I stopped. I was talking to my godmother and I stopped and I said, you know what, Lord, I am open to correction. Because a lot of times we think that we are doing things that are God, but he is not abide because we are not abiding in him while we're doing it. Because when you start compromising and you start doing what you want to do, you ain't abiding in it. I'm sorry. Now, I know some people may tell you that you are, but you're not. And he had to tell me the same thing. If you abide in me, if you follow my command, if you follow my principles, if you align yourself to what i am saying that means that according to what i have said this is how you govern yourself you don't add to it you don't take away from it you don't tell me as the king of the kingdom what i need to be doing you do what i declare and decree for you to do 
So therefore, your opinion and what you think does not matter. And this is what the Lord is saying to me. So if you want to me to abide in you, you need to abide in me. Because it is not about you, it is about me. And sometimes I believe that we get a little twisted and we begin to think that it's really about us. It's about our gifts. It's about our abilities. It's about our ministries. It's about our praise and worship. It's about our uh, everyday living. Lord, it's about, and the Lord is like, no, 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 no. It's about me. <laughs> right? You are to shine forth my light. These wicks that you are trimming, that oil that you are using, that's my oil. This is my light. So we have to sometimes refocus ourselves and understand that in keeping our oil, our oil cannot be tainted. And sometimes when we begin to get into situations that cause pressure, let me just say this. Pressure manifests the kingdom of God. When you are put to the test, it's going to show what's in you. When you are put in the fire, it's going to show what is in you. You know, you have some people that are put to the fire and they immediately crumble down. And you got some people who are put to the fire and they may be able to stand for a little while, but then the heat get too hot. Then you got some people who are put to the fire and they just in there walking around talking to Jesus like the fire ain't even uh, burning them up. So we should never be afraid, right, of the pressures of life. First of all, in understanding that in the pressures of life, you have a God who is with you. Right? And he outranks everything. He rules everything. He is the authority. So let's just look at that first. You have a God that is the ultimate authority with you in any pressure that you are in. So then we have to begin to look at the pressure differently. Is the pressure really made to destroy me or is the pressure made to build me? Now, we know that the Lord, and if you are abiding in him and he is abiding in you, right? He is building you. Because the only person who, what does the word say? That the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But the Lord said, I am come, right? That you might have life and that you might have. 
have it more abundantly. So if I am coming to bring you life more abundantly, that must mean that I'm coming to build you up, not to destroy you. So when things happen, we have to begin to look at it differently. We have to begin to look at it from a place of, okay, Lord, what are you showing me in this? Because as the wise version, I'm focused on you and I got my lamp lit. I'm waiting on you. I am waiting patiently. I might sleep and slumber, but my spirit is, my flesh might get a little tired, but my spirit is awake and ready to hear the call so that when I get up, I am prepared to meet you in the place that you have designated. And because I am spiritually aware, I am able to find you. I am not groping around in the dark trying to get back to a place to get oil to come back and you've already entered it. So we have to be mindful, right? That in keeping our oil, it is imperative. That means that we keep pure, we keep fresh, right? That, that straining process, that purification process, that self-examination process, that, okay, Lord, where are we? Am I hearing you like I normally hear you? Am I in a place, and spiritually, am I in a good place, Father? Like, what are you saying in this hour? I think because sometimes we are coming to this place where we are constantly, life is constantly happening, right? Happening, right? There's so many different avenues to gain information, whether that be through your cell phone, through your computer. Now we got the smart TVs, you know. Um, we have audio books. We have all these uh, all these avenues to gain all these this information. And it's almost like things are coming at us nonstop. You know, before I believe when my mom was growing up, we just had the radio and the TV. And I think the TV might have had, what, two two channels, three channels. It's not. You know, that's like I'm dating her. I'm not trying to talk about my mother, but God bless her. But, you know, back in the day, you had like three channels. Right? And then at a certain time at night, the TV went off. And all you had was the boo. They played the national anthem, and it was the boo, the whole, the rest. It was gone. Now you have this information 24 7. Nothing ever goes off. Everything is always running, always on. So we have to be even the more vigilant. That what we are consuming and what, thank you, Holy Ghost, I hear you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. What we are consuming is edifying, is good food. Now, am I saying that everything that you watch has to be Jesus TV 24-7? Absolutely not, because some of that stuff on Jesus TV ain't right either. However, what I am saying is that we have to be spiritually discerning enough to know that when something is not edible, it's like, mm-mm. It's like I was talking to my godmom this morning, and I said, you know what I used to do? I never understood why 
Like, um, talking to people about nothing used to irritate me. When I was younger, like, if you were having a conversation and I really didn't care to have the conversation, I would, I would not try to make up something to make you be like, oh, yeah, girl, because I really, because I don't want to know. I really don't care. At this, I don't. And I never could understand, like, Lord, why does that bother me? Why does, why does talking about things that really don't matter or have no purpose bother me? And so one day I was reading in my Bible, and the Lord said, we are not to have idle conversations. And I said, oh, wow. Now, I had never read it. I had really never heard it. But because my spirit was connected to the Lord, the, the, the process of it was agitating to me. And when I realized, I said, oh, and I'm sure that some of you can have, have the same testimony that there are certain things that didn't just sit right with your spirit and you may not have known why and maybe months later or a year later you were reading in your word or you heard through the word through a, a, someone that, you know what, this is what God says about this. And you were like, oh, my goodness. That's why I don't like that. Because the word says you will love what I love and hate what I hate. This is what we should do. We should love what God loves and hate what God hates. But a lot of times we love what he hates and hate what he loves. So again, this is that abiding, right? We have to abide in him so he can abide in us. And I just want to tell the Lord publicly thank you. Because even as I'm speaking about this, the Lord is tapping me on my shoulder and saying, sis, you hear what you said? Amen. Because I want you to understand that this word is just not for you, but it is for me as well. Because we are all sons and daughters, right? We are sons and daughters of birth, becoming sons and daughters of character. Meaning that we have received salvation, yes. We, we went to the cross. We, we, we believe what he did for us. We believe that he died for our sins, that his blood was shed. Hallelujah. That he restored us back to a government that we forfeited. We believe this thing. But now we are learning how to govern and rule as he governs and rules in the earth. And that means your character got to be developed. And I think this was the problem with the foolish uh, version, right? You are not in a place because you still are not having understanding. And without relationship with God, we cannot mature. You can't mature watching somebody mature. You got to have a relationship, your own self, and God working in you to grow you up. And I really believe that these foolish virgins, because in 1 Corinthians 1 18, it says, For the word of the cross is folly, which means foolishness, to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's just like a food bank. To those who are starving, it's like, what is the purpose of the food bank? 
But to those who have gained access because they walk through the door and are sitting down having a free meal three times a day, we like, ooh, this place right here is the business. And that's the same way it is with God, right? Now, you may walk to the food bank because you see everybody else walking to the food bank. But if you don't have understanding as to why you need to go in, you will miss what is being afforded to you. And it is the same thing in the kingdom of God. If you don't understand what you have access to and what your focus should be, you will miss what God is trying to give you. Sometimes we are so focused on trying to gain people or trying to gain things. First of all, the Bible says, if you seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, meaning the king's influence, all these things shall be added unto you. So we don't have to look for stuff. If we are focused on the king, everything we need will be added unto us. Because he said he knows what we have need of before we even ask. So let us stop focusing on the need and focus on the provider. Because he is the provision. Hallelujah. He's not just the provider. He's the provision. He's not just the helper. He is the helper. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we have to begin to see him as he is. But that takes, hallelujah, like we talked about in the beginning, that light being turned up. We can't be looking for him in no dim lit room. We have got to turn the light up. Adjust our focus so that we can see things from his perspective, right? Because if we are seated in heaven, I love that scripture, because we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That means we are in a place of authority. But you can't be in a place of authority looking at things from a low level or a dim lit light. Because you got to be able to see what you're governing. So the Lord is telling us, God is giving us the ability through his word to turn up our light, get our oil together, letting us know that we can't follow behind people that we think are mature. Or that you, you got to have a relationship with him for yourself. This is not the hour just to be doing stuff to be doing stuff. Understand why you are doing what you do. Wisdom comes from applying knowledge that you have gained understanding from, right? So I can know something, but never apply it to my life, and it doesn't become it doesn't become wisdom to me. It's just knowledge. 
through like something we have read in books, right? Or math, for instance, like um, statistics. Now, I gained knowledge in statistics, but I still don't understand it. So there are some, I mean, if I read the book, we can go back, but it didn't stick with me because I don't apply that to my life every day. But, but uh, regular addition, one plus one is two. We have the concept and we understand, right? Because we use basic addition every day for something. It is applied wisdom. So I'm not going to see three plus three and say that it's seven. Because my understanding is, is that it's six. Because of the applied wisdom to my life. And that is the same way that we have to be with God. We have to come into a knowing of him because we are applying his word. We are gaining experience with him and it is becoming wisdom to us so that when he does call us and say the bridegroom is here, we are not groping around in the dark trying to all of a sudden get an understanding and, and, and we late. Amen. So I know um, I don't want to go over because I can. <laughs> but I pray that this has um, given someone some insight, um, given someone some ability to be rest like to look prospectively at yourself and be like, okay, retrospectively and be like, okay, Lord, where do I need to turn up my life? Because I know for me, that's what it has done for me. Where do I need to purify? Where do I need to get some debris, some distractions, right? That focus. Where has the enemy kept me in a cycle? Or I have allowed myself to go around this thing over and over again that has dimmed my vision to where I'm trying to trim a wick and have a light burn, not, but I don't got no oil. Or I'm around people that don't have no oil. And they're always asking me, girl, can I get some of your oil? Can you, can you rub, can you, can you come sing here for me? <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Like, I know we real dim over here, but if you just show up, we can look like you bright. And um, I let the Lord know that, you know, I don't want to do that no more. I really don't. I want to be where he's called me to be. I want to do what he has called me to do. And in this season, we just got to keep our oil. It does not mean that you are stingy or selfish or you're not pouring out where you need to pour out, but don't pour out in places that God is not calling you to. Amen. So I pray that, again, this has blessed someone. I pray that um, you have uh, heard my heart in this because I just really want us to, I just really want us all to live well, to do well, to be well to be all that God has called us to be and to know him in a greater capacity and to really walk this kingdom life out in the earth um, in 
in the magnitude in which God has called us to, and that is to be an excellent and greatness, because he is an excellent and a great God. So I, at that, I'm going to turn it back over um, to my pastor. Amen. 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 Excellent word. Keeping your oil. Mm-hmm. Something to think about, right? Something to think about. Um, you know, people will use your oil. <laughs> they will mm -hmm. use yes, your they will. <laughs> Amen. They don't like you, but they'll bite you to use your oil. Amen. Come on here. <laughs> so, you know, we're, 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 you know, we must be cautious. And um, I often tell people, um, I, at least for my own self, I say for me, um, you know, every time I used to get invited as a young minister, you know, you get invited, you're excited, somebody wants you to preach here, pastor didn't let you preach in the pulpit, so you get an invitation. But as, as I got older, you know, I realized that even that you need to, you need to lay before the Lord for anything, anything, you know, that you are to do. Um, to make sure that it is the will of God and make sure that's a place where God wants you to go. Um, because sometimes there are traps and, 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 and schemes there, believe it or not. And so we have to be, be aware. Amen. You'll be drained out with your oil and they, and they, because they didn't use your, <laughs> used your oil and went on and you're drained and they're going on. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's, you really, it, it, you know, we laugh at it, but in the spirit, it, it is so true. You know, sometimes, you know, it, it, it annoyed me, you know, people will invite certain people because they know that they can, you know, get the crowd or get the, get the, the money, you know? <laughs> so what is that about? I don't even know if they have oil in that case, but anyway, you know, you're inviting them because you see something that, you know, is, is uh, magnetic you know and so mm -hmm. it's going to draw the crowds it's going to uh draw the finances in it's going to make your 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 service a success you know what i'm saying you have people are people are cunning amen but make sure wherever you're pouring out glory to god i often say you know lord it's, it's probably this little place that ain't nobody thinking about over in the corner Amen. Where people are hungry for God instead of all over here where all the hype is, is this little corner over here where people are sincere and hungry for God. Let me pour my oil over there. Amen. When I know when I pour, it's it, it, it's going to benefit uh, those that that are are, are listening or are, are part of that, that that worship experience. And so um, we thank God for for the word and. I don't want to go on and on uh, because the word, you know, was was good. It was rich. So I'm going to turn it back over um, to Prophetess Yamiko. Um, if there's any, um, if there's, you know, no questions or any comments, I'm going to turn it back into her hands um, to dismiss us uh, as the Lord sees fit. Amen. As the Lord sees fit. She said a whole lot in there and, and a whole lot of, um, you know, taking time to really just examine your, your oil. Make sure your oil full. <laughs> make sure you, you know, make sure you got enough oil. You, you got to stop sometimes. You going, going and going and you depleted. Don't know you depleted. So you, it's a good thing to sit down and start examining your oil. Make sure you're full and overflow. Amen. That you're in overflow. Amen. So we turn it over to you, prophetess, to dismiss us. Um, however, you, the Lord 
gives you to do so. Amen. Lord, I, I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your word, oh God. And Lord, we are open, Father. Yes, Lord. Lord, we are open to be refreshed, to be filled, Father. We are open to your correction. Whatever you would have us to do to your refining, Lord, we just want to be prepared, ready, and able, Father. Vessel fit for the kingdom's use, O oh Lord. So I ask that each and every person under the sound of my voice, O oh God, Lord God, touch their hearts, touch their minds, O oh God. Lord, we just thank you right now for doing a new thing, O oh God, for doing a fresh thing in their life, Father. Thank you, O oh God, hallelujah, Jesus, for the overflow, for overflowing in them, O oh Lord. But Lord, most of all, God, we ask you, Father, that if there is any place in us, O oh God, that may have been stagnant, Father, that may have been, um, you know, not fresh in our oil, God, Lord God, clean us up, Father. Hallelujah. Clean me up, Jesus. Let me see some clean me up, God. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. That I may be what you have called me to be, oh God. Hallelujah. Because we want to be right before you, Lord. We don't want to be touching things that are not clean, oh God. We don't want to be tainted, Father. We don't want our oil tainted, oh God. But when you call us, oh God, we want to be spiritually alert, God, spiritually keen, hallelujah, that we are able to move accordingly, oh God. So I just thank you tonight. I thank you for my pastor, oh God. I thank you just for the vision that you have given her, oh God. Continue to keep her, Lord God, and do even greater and more in her. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. Amen. 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 And I pray everyone is blessed. Amen. Amen. God bless.